Right, so, so Paul's writing to this new church of Christians meeting in Colossae to let them know that he's rooting for them. He's passionate that their faith should remain fixed on Jesus and not only fixed on Jesus, but that their roots and belief in Jesus would go deeper. He wants them to push through in their relationship with Jesus and not be influenced by wrong teaching about following a different way to be saved other than through Jesus. You can almost hear him saying, I mean, he comes over so enthusiastic all the time, doesn't he? Um, to Epaphras, who had started the church and who was talking to Paul, obviously, in prison with him about this church. You can almost hear Paul saying, I'm so excited about these people. I'm so passionate they should dig deep and not get confused or influenced by anything other than knowing that Jesus is supreme. I've got to send a letter to encourage them to stay rooted in him. Lost page two, there we are. So passion for Jesus is what drives Paul. He'd known and experienced such forgiveness in his life. He was motivated with passion as a result, and he must have been inspirational to have been with. My husband is a passionate gardener. And when we were first married, we had a small vegetable patch. And you know what it's like with newlyweds. You want to spend every second, every minute with each other. And um, while he was working on the patch, of course, it doesn't change. Um, (laughs) While he was working on the patch, I offered to, I said, can I go and be with him and help him? My offer to help was accepted. And he asked me to hoe round the carrots. As I keenly moved the hoe back and forth, I remarked that there was a lot of fine grass growing amongst the, growing in the soil, um, and I was busy, you know, clearing it, um, only to be told by an exasperated husband that I'd just hoed all the carrots up. And those carrots, they were so tiny that the root hadn't had a chance to take in all the goodness in the soil so they were, they were small, they were stunted in growth. And sometimes our faith can be like that. It hasn't put roots down into the things that help it to grow. We have to be with each other in order to grow. We have to have good teachers in order to grow and be fed. Um, and we need to read our Bible um, and pray, because it's, it's in prayer that we see how faithful God is as time goes on, you see prayers answered. It's a good idea to write prayers down and then record when they've been answered. I think you've got lots of um, bits leaning up to your move where you've been praying and the Lord has just come and, and answered it. And that's so faith-building, isn't it? So um, I read an article the other day that said that less than 30% of Christians read their Bibles every day. I'm passionate about reading my Bible because it's our manual to life. It contains and covers every topic for everyday living and all we face, even to the final frontier, death. Or as Buzz Lightyear says in the Toy Story film, to infinity and beyond. Paul had that total assurance and focus. He knew that in Jesus, life was eternal and full of hope and no prison could take that out of him. Laurie talked last week about Christ being in us the hope of glory. Life's a struggle, and sometimes 
you get comments like, if God is loving and kind, why doesn't he take you out of that situation? But he doesn't remove problems, does he? But he's with us in them. Oops. As I said last week, Laurie spoke on Christ being in us, the hope of glory. Once we get the root of Christ being in us, we know that he is with us through every difficult time we go through. And those roots that we've put down hold us steady throughout every storm. Consider again that Paul's writing from prison. Don't you wonder how he can be so up, seemingly upbeat about life um, and so strong? Possibly it's because he had cultivated a root of thankfulness. And that attitude doesn't happen instantly, nor does faith. It needs to be exercised. We've all, we're all on different stages of our walk with Jesus, some just beginning. Um, some of us have been Christians for years. Um, but those roots still need to go deep as we experience um, God's faithfulness. There's a new program on television called Joe Wicks, The Body Coach. And this is what the write-up said. Joe Wicks, he of the shaggy hair and chiseled physique, brings his 90-day regime designed around short, intense workouts, quick, tasty recipes to four people needing to regain control of their weight and rediscover their self-confidence. This is what Jesus wants to do with each one of us in our walk with him. As I said, whether the walk has only recently started or whether we have walked with him for years, we need to exercise our spiritual muscles to stay strong and healthy. And instead of following recipes and Joe's coaching and support, we follow the word of God, the Bible, and of course, Laurie is our coach and support as our pastor, one of our. <laughs> okay. um, Jesus uses our struggles to strengthen us. He, he doesn't necessarily send them, but he uses them to shape us and mold us and strengthen us because he wants to produce the particular character that's in each one of us. We're all unique. Paul's faith was constantly exercised through the trials he went through. He faced them with hope and thankfulness. Not for the trial but that whatever happens, he could draw on the living water from Jesus and keep growing because his roots were deep and stable. Apparently in the ancient Jewish world, living water referred specifically to a source of fresh flowing water, such as a stream or river which offered cool refreshment. Such waters were contrasted to dead, stagnant water. Living water became a powerful image and still is of the life God offers us in the person of Jesus. When we spend time with the Lord Jesus, drinking in the living water he provides from the teaching of the truth of his word and time in fellowship and worship, we can see a steady change in ourselves from the often untapped potential to be the beautiful person he's created us to be. And fellowship's like a fertilizer going deep and feeding and encouraging us. We weren't made to be on our own. So, 
Children, where's my friend? I've got something else to look at. You can help me. Would you like to be my taster? Yeah? yeah? Okay. <laughs> Hello! Are you going to have a taste? Oh. Sue, could you just get me some water? Sure. Forgot that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Right, Isla, are you going to have a taste? Just have a sip. See. Now, I wonder what you're going to say about this. <laughs> I wish. Sammy, Sammy, here we are, Sammy. Sammy's going to have a little sip, and when you sip, I want you to think very, very carefully of what it tastes like, okay? You've got to really think. It tastes like juice, does it? Do you want to have a sip? Yeah. Have a sip. Do you mind them sharing the same glass? <laughs> there we are. <coughs> Is it nice? Yeah. Juice, it tastes like juice. Juice, it's sweet to taste, isn't it? Does anyone else want to taste? Josh! I, I hoped you would, Josh. Do you mind sipping from the same glass? No? Have a sip. Yeah? What do you think? Very nice. Good. Don't, don't go. You're an invaluable part of today. You didn't know it, but you are. Now, looks the same, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you think it tastes the same? No. Have a taste. Plain. Plain. Yeah. What is it? Water. It's water. So that's, that's juice. juice. That's so what's the difference? Is that very sweet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So juice is more <laughs> just a minute. You need to say that. Let me just take this off. You speak into that. Say that again. Juice. Juice. Ah. Juice, he says, juice is different to water. It's sweet. Now, if I said to you, which one would you like to drink? Which would you choose? Please, you. I a few. <laughs> yes, we like to go for the things that taste nice, don't we? Is it... That's more good for you. This child... I haven't primed him. Do you say... Will you say that again into this so that everybody can hear? Yeah? You said, you said that's more good for you. What? That's juice. You like that, but you said that this was more... Gooder for you. Gooder for you. Yes. <coughs> right. You're quite right. It is better for you. Thank you. You can go and sit down again. Right. Children, as you grow up, as we grow up, we're going to come into lots of different situations where we have to make a choice about whether to keep taking water from Jesus or go another way and dip into water that 
might seem tasty, but isn't actually very good for us. What does sugar do to our teeth if we don't clean them? Oh, that needs, we need to hear that too. Make holes in them. It does, it makes holes in your teeth. Yeah. Now, some of the things that we have to learn when we're following Jesus, when our roots are going in him, that there are things that we shouldn't perhaps take part in because that sugary taste will make holes in our walk with him. So, can anyone think of anything that perhaps when we grow up, we shouldn't take part in. We should decide not to go that way. Josh, can you think of anything? Gossiping. Yes, gossiping. Thank you. <laughs> Bevan, any ideas? <coughs> Drink, drinking. Yeah. Drinking, drinking too much, it's harmful, isn't it? Yeah. What about looking at things that deep down you know you shouldn't be looking at, that aren't good for you? What about cheating? What about not being honest? All those things are harmful to our walk with Jesus. They come in bit by bit and pollute or colour... Oh, I've left it in the car. the clean living water that comes from Jesus. But there's a way back. When we make mistakes, there's a way back because Jesus died on the cross for us and when we come to him and say we've done wrong, he will forgive us and we always need to remember that. No matter how old we are and as you grow up, you will make mistakes. But every time you make a mistake, you can come back to the cross. And then that living water can flow again and wash away all the dirt, all the pollution. Um, And then we can put new roots down. Sometimes we can find that we have a bit of a root of fear. But God says, fear not. In a world that's uncertain and changing so fast, we need to be stable and strong in our faith. And faith, as I said earlier, it takes time to grow. But sometimes a root of fear can develop in the dark, underneath the ground. And it's an ever-present symptom of today, everyday life today with people. Did you know that an acrostic of fear is... Fear. False. expectations appearing real. False expectations appearing real. Faith is the opposite of that. Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have denied it its power to harm you. Faith is the root that holds us steady and firm. Keith, could we have the picture of Simon and Jane up, please? (laughs) 
Uh, can you see clearly enough? Yes. Um, this is my beloved brother. I've got two brothers, and I had three sisters. This is, he's the next one up from me, and his name is Simon. His wife is Jane. He's commonly known as Pod. Um, a, f a number of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to talk to you about him because I would just have cried. But I've seen the faithfulness of God, and I've seen the roots of the, his roots that go deep into Jesus, who's sustaining him. Approximately 13 years ago, he's now about, what is he, 64 this year, when he was about 50, 51, he was diagnosed with motor neurone disease. Um, and I'm so proud of him, and I'm so thankful to God for the way he has been sustained through this. Um, his wife, Jane, is his main carer, um, and I think what I see more than anything is that you know, he's imprisoned in a body that's not working, and yet he radiates the grace of God. He radiates thankfulness. And I asked him how he coped with life, how he viewed life, how he put his roots down, and this is what he wrote. Moses had the water of the Red Sea pushed aside by God. The problem was removed. The people didn't learn. Their history is a long, repeating cycle of drifting away, getting into trouble, crying to God for help. God takes the trouble away. Jesus, confronted by troubled waters, doesn't have it removed, as he could have, but walks on it and invites us to join him. Which is the higher purpose? Which is more likely to generate the character of Jesus in us? To have trouble removed supernaturally, or to be more than overcomers and walk with him on top of trouble, and it doesn't overwhelm us. He says, I want to be the like... He didn't know I was, had chosen this, the first reading. I want to be the, like the tree in this passage, Psalm 1, verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. I want to weather the storm because my roots are deep and by the living water. I don't want to be unmoved by trouble. I'm happy for my branches, as it were, to sway and bend in the gales of life, so long as my trunks and roots are solid and peaceful, embedded in Christ. I can be emotional, and I am. I'm sad, happy, peaceful, and troubled so long as deep down I know, and then he gives 2 Timothy 1 verse 12, which is, that is why I'm suffering as I am, yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him to him until that day. And then he says, my healing is assured, totally assured, but all healing in this life is an anticipation of the final healing when the king is revealed in his glory at his second coming. Even the greatest healer's bodies will fail and die. All they can do is draw from the final future healing into the present. You can see why I'm proud of him. His roots are so deep and full of all the nutrients needed for the harshness of life. The question to ask ourselves is, are ours
we're now going to sing 